Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Jesse Rogers, we're Mark yapping Sander. off there. We got to save it for honor. Yeah, I know we're yapping away. <laughs> Not that it was that interesting for you know discussion, but we thought it was three one two three three two three seven seven six is the phone number. So last night, Yasmani Grandel has a career night: two home runs, two three run shots, eight RBIs in his first game after this bad knee injury he had. Right, great night. Thought it was even worse than it apparently was, but uh, he's a gamer. He got back and had a hell of a game. And I could I could talk a lot about what he might mean to this thing because of his ability from the left side of the plate. I think if the Sox get stymied offensively in the playoffs, it's going to be against a tough righty. Now, that's not going out on a limb, right? In the playoffs, there's a lot of tough righties. But there is a scenario, even though Abreu and Eloy hit better against righties a lot of the time than lefties, I think there's scenarios where it's a 0-0 game, 1-1 game, and you need a lefty to run into a home run. And Grandel and Mokata are a couple of those guys that can do that, specifically from the left side, just a little bit of a mistake pitch, and they run into one. And so I think that's as important as, as anything you could say about Grandel, he has that ability. And they're both really good at taking those pitches and yeah. making those pitchers work, right? That's another and, thing. And, even, and, even getting on base from the left side. That's exactly those right. Those righties may not walk against the Garrett Coles of the world, but you might be able to, to get one as a lefty. 24 left-handed hitters were traded in July. Most of them right near the deadline. 24. 24. That includes switch winners like, like Cesar Hernandez, mm-hmm. for example, Eduardo Escobar, um, Schwarber, Rizzo, Gallo. You can never have enough left-handed hitting. You don't hear that as much as you hear about you can never have as, uh, enough pitching or le- enough left-handed pitching. Left-handed hitters are so important to teams. Talk to executives. They know that if they're going to have a uh, – Dangerous offense all the way through October. They need the balance with several lefties in there because once in a while you're coming up against that game against a tough righty and your righties have no chance. But your lefty might run into one. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it's important. So two nights ago, he's getting his final rehab start at AAA. And I think it's his first at bat. Grandel gets ejected. Which I, I can't remember a guy in a rehab start getting ejected. It just gets ejected, and he explained why last night. Well, I mean, last night, um, it actually, you know, go, it goes back to Tuesday. Um, you know, they had the umpires just had a really bad game. Um, after the game, as they're walking down the tunnel, I just let them know. I said, hey, you know, you guys had a really good day today. Um, guy uh, that was at third base, I apparently didn't really like it. He was behind the plate yesterday. 
I struck out. I turned around, didn't even look at him. And I told myself that, uh, you know, that was a really bad uh, a bat, not quite that way, but I didn't even scream it out loud. I just said it under my breath. He thought I was talking to him, and that's why he threw me out. Um, from a player's perspective, I mean, if I'm not really looking at you, I'm not really talking to you. So the only reason why you think I'm talking to you is because your sole purpose was to throw me out. Um, you know, he let me know right away from the first two strikes he called that he was waiting for me to give him, you know, he was waiting for me to give him a rise. So um, instead of looking at him, I started looking at the dugout and everybody kind of knew. So, um, but whatever happens, you know, no matter whether I'm playing in the minor leagues or I'm playing in the big leagues, if I'm catching, that's my, that's my staff. Uh, that's the way I see it. That's, uh, you know, I, when I first signed here, I said it, I don't like to lose whether I'm on a rehab start or whether I'm, I don't really care where I'm at. Uh, I don't like to lose. So I'm very competitive in that way. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm not going to make you look like, you know, you're dumb. I'm going to wait to the right time to do it. I'm going to wait till, till the fans are out there. I'm going to wait. I'm going to do it the right way. Um, but the fact that, you know, he threw me out, it was, it was kind of crazy. I didn't, I didn't even know he threw me out until I got to the dugout because I wasn't even really looking at him. Um, Yasmani Grandel, did you not like that? Yeah, that was that was great. That like, was great. I don't view him as the most talkative interview when you when you talk to no, him. No, not at all. But that, but was that was a, a very minute, pointed question. Yeah, and that was a two minute answer, basically saying. An umpire held a grudge from the day before, which is exactly what they should not be doing. Now that's his side of it. I don't know who the hell the AAA umpire was. Right. I don't care. And but but he but probably didn't care, wise, and that's why he was willing to say that. But concept wise, no, you're absolutely right. One day does not uh, you know lead into the next day. And Grandel had every you know if that's the way he felt, he took him aside and said something like that. He probably felt comfortable doing it because it's AAA and like sure. who cares? They're not going right. to hold me a grudge against and me. And it was probably a AAA ump that uh, thought uh, no big leaguer is going to do that to right. me. Right, right. Him. I just love that answer. He just really explained it. Gave, it gave us out. kind of a background on how those things happen because those are things we don't necessarily see. Explain that I don't care where I'm playing. I'm going to battle for my team. Right. I, I don't know. I, I'll, I, I'll wait for the right time. That just that answer just like I became a fan, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, we've seen him. I, I, you know, paying attention during a game, and if there's a bad, uh, you know, call, whether he's catching or he's up to bat, he is very reserved. He's not as vocal well, as to be some careful. people. You do, you, <laughs> you do, mean? because if you're going back to put the equipment on to catch, he's a little less vocal than Wilson Contreras. Is that what you're saying? Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly what I'm saying. But he apparently does pick his spots. He right. puts some thought into it. Yeah, I liked it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the phone number. Start to think of your questions for Dylan Cease because Xander and I, we're not going to have the best questions. I, I'm, I'm no, guessing I'm gonna you're going to have some good questions. ones. Yeah. You're going to have some good ones. Dylan Cease is going to join us at 1130. It's Ask Dylan Anything. 312-332-3776. Yes, you can ask him, what do you prepare? What are you going to eat the night before your, your start? And is it the same thing ever? Like Those are, those are the questions I want to ask. Right, you know, instead of how often you use your changeup, that would be like my question. Yeah, right, I want right. to hear the questions. Come up the with something have. creative. Yes, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Hey, he's a good sport for jumping on and doing this today. Yeah, absolutely. Ask Dylan anything.
Um, White Sox Weekly, is that at 12? Does that happen right after us? White Sox Weekly, two hours before the game. So, oh, or two hours before the pregame. So it'll be... Three. Three. Three thirty. Okay, three. And I know Lucas is gonna join Connor for White Sox Weekly. So and Lance Lynn is on the mound tonight. Oh my god. And and here's Continuing the thing. His bid for the I'm gonna guess the Cubs aren't gonna score thirteen tonight. No. This guy can That's lower. That's a solid guess, Jesse. This, this, Way to go out on a limb. This guy is facing a triple A lineup and has the Cy Young on his mind, I would imagine. Along with what it helps the team do. Yep. I, I would think the Cubs are going to score less than 13. He is such a bulldog. Love uh, that guy. You know, real quick, uh, I had mentioned the Cubs, and uh, you were you were saying that they would be a very quick conversation. But, yeah. uh, you know, Wisdom, he he's an older guy, right? He is. He's, yeah, he's been he's, around. He he's certainly yesterday. been impressive. He had two home runs on his 30th right, birthday. Right. Um, so what do you think uh, of uh, some of the prospects that they're putting out on the field right now? Do they have a future? I think Alzali does. Um, uh, yeah, him. yeah. No, if you're talking about the some pitch- of the newer, newer, not not the pitchers oh, necessarily. Yeah, no, there's position not, players. There's not that many. How about that kid in center Hermosilla? field from, from Ottawa? Yeah, um, he made a nice catch yesterday. Yeah, at a home uh, run. I, I I I don't think there's. I mean, Wisdom is going to probably be back and yep. and given a spot, even if he's thirty. They need to fill positions next year. Right, right? they need all bodies. over the place. I mean, I, I would imagine Ian Happ gets. Um, non-tendered, although he's hitting some home runs after the horses left the barn. Big deal. Don't get fooled by that. Jason Hayward's a part-time player. They've got a lot of positions to fill, uh, but they don't. They're not really running out a lot of prospects. Hermosillo is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty-six. I give him a shot. Sure, right, right. absolutely. If if not now, it's never going to happen for him. Right. So again, give keep wisdom there. Put Hermosillo out there for for a year. Yeah. Seems like you would have because second you have and, openings, right? It seems like you would have second and short on the north side covered, right? With, For now, uh, I think I actually think they should go out and sign one of the, the better shortstops and then turn. Well, Nico. story is a story. Story, maybe story. I'd rather have Korea than story. Mm-hmm. If you're going big, um, uh, what was I going to say? Ian Happ. Uh, you know, I would probably let go. Jason Hayward's a part-time player, so you have openings to allow some of these guys to play. But you, you've got to bring in a couple stars. I'm convinced. Oh, you do, no doubt. I, I, you, no you doubt. Can, here's, you want to talk about this next segment? Do you think, and I'm asking the listeners as well as you, do you think, and I'll just use a general term, the, the Cubs will draw with a bad team and no stars on it? 312-332-3776. Answer that question. Will they draw like the Cubs normally draw with a under 500 team and no stars on it like in twenty twenty two. In twenty twenty two, answer that for me when we come back on ESPN one thousand. ESPN one thousand, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN one thousand. ESPN one thousand, Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander. We are talking about. Cubs in 2022, Jesse. What was that question you had posed? Will they draw like they somewhat normally do? Mm-hmm. Not if they have a similar team like this, because I know this is really, really bad. 
but even if they're slightly better than this, but don't have star players. And, and we're talking about it like an average over the whole season. Yeah. What, okay. what, you think they'll, will they draw $3 million? Will they draw 30000 a game? As they would normally? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And I think we're in the minority. Um, people just assume, oh, Look, it used to happen draw. like that, but it, I, I think it's a different day. I think for time. two reasons. One, ticket prices are through the roof. Yes. And two, expectations have changed. They don't want to see a losing product, and rightly so. Right. Cub, Cub fans, you know, Chicago deserves winners. Now, forget about this season since the trade deadline. Tickets were sold in April and May. Like, you know what I mean? You go into next year without a star like Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, mm-hmm. and just some prospects and a couple of marginal free agents. It's a building year. First of all, you won't draw in April. You won't draw in September. That That's tough even in good years a lot of times. And this year is going to be rough. You'll draw in the middle of summer, yes, yeah. like every team does. But I'm talking about what you think Wrigley Field should look like. I don't think they will. So I do think they're going to dip into the free agent market and bring in a star or two to at least have something. Because even in the bad years, the Cubs have had star players, which helps the draw. Yeah, You're absolutely right. Um so, but, the, but the ticket prices, yes. Look, Wrigley Field is uniquely placed in a neighborhood where there's a lot of life. There's a lot of things going on. And it's always been able to, you know, benefit from that. And and that's where, you know, the South Side, I saw somebody that I know commented again. Uh, yeah, how could there be an empty seat last night? You know, in the camera shot, you saw an empty seat. Well, maybe somebody paid for it. They didn't show well, there, up. There I weren't mean, many last night. Though. Right. But there, there weren't many. many. But you still get that. And it's like it's a different dynamic. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious to see what the White Sox will draw midweek this next month. Now, uh, I think they play Boston on the weekend. They play the Angels, Otani, during the week. Yep. But, but this, kids, this uh, goes, kids are back in school. And this goes back know. to my whole thing about, like, just... The excitement just wanes a little bit in September, even with contenders and the attendance. Um, it'll because drop. life happens. Because life happens. Football happens. Right. School happens. Yep. That's the yep. biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. The momentum of the season stalls. Granted, in the 10 playoff cities, it'll pick up in October. I get that. But you could have the whole nation watching if this was the pennant races leading right into September. I know I sound like a broken record, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I we're going to get to the phone lines because we want to know what you think is as far as uh, the Cub draw in 2022. Is it going to be the same? Get a couple of marginal stars. It's not going to be a World Series winning team next year. No. Do they draw like the Cubs typically drew with the big three? There's no chance. There's no chance they will. It doesn't seem like there no would be. No way. Right. No right. way. Tyler, what do you think about this? Well, I was wondering, too, what what player is going to make it the next big attendance game for the Cubs, especially if it's one of those prospects? Like, will Brennan Davis be the guy that brings the attendance back? Not when he first comes up. If he proves himself, yes. Stars have to be made or come ready-made. Carlos Correa comes ready-made. I'm just using him as as an example because we know there's a great free agent class. And, and I'm going to focus on that because Jed Hoyer has talked about sort of being nimble and flexible and um, timing and opportunity meeting up in terms of how they're going to advance this thing. Well, here we go. They don't have a legit starting shortstop. This is one of the best starting shortstop classes minus Brandon Crawford. Timing, opportunity, flexibility, financial flexibility all meet up right here, right now. 
Go get, I don't know, go get Baez if you want to return. Go get Korea. Go get Story. If they don't do something like that, then it tells me that they have, they have some weird longer-term plan that, that's not going to involve spending much money right away. Right. Because the most important position on the team outside of catcher, I mean uh, position player outside of catcher, is shortstop. There's a lot of good ones available in their primes, not 31 years old. Go get one. Marcus Simeon. Play second for the Blue Jays. He crushed the the, uh, the Sox oh, in, that, believe me, I in know. that finale, but he was bad the first three games. Right. Marcus Simeon is great in the locker room, former White Sox yep. player. Great player. Wants to move back to shortstop. I'd take him. If they don't sign one of those shortstops and they put Nico Horner, who's proven to be injury prone, who I love, and they put him there, who's probably not a major league shortstop for the next 10 years, then I don't. Then I don't think Jed and and Tom Ricketts are serious about moving this thing forward quickly. No, to you've me, got a great point. That, that position that would be, that's a is going pin. to be telling. Yep, that's a that's going to right be there. telling. Even if you have to overpay a guy a little bit, because you know what, you'll make it up in selling some tickets. If you have a a, a star shortstop and a, maybe you sign a star pitcher, a star right field, first base. I, I mean, there's so many open positions. You you better bring somebody in, because otherwise it is five years. Or four years or whatever. Uh, how about Hendricks? Is he staying? I think Hendricks is staying. I think Contreras might get traded, though. Really? Yeah. If you ask me, is Wilson on this team, yes or no, next year, I would say no. No kidding. I yeah. thought for sure that they were going to keep him. No, I, I think there's a chance they're going to trade him. I do. Um, but I think, look, starting pitching is so difficult to find. You already have to get like th- find three or four starters. You get rid of Hend- I mean... You know, you got to have somebody here. Sure. And there are some catching prospects, and this guy's about to hit free agency, and he may not want to start over. I think there's a lot of reasons why they might move on from Wilson Contreras. 312-332-3776 is the number. Start lining up phone calls right now for Dylan Cease. Ask Dylan anything. Mark and I are going to recede into the background. We're going to let you talk to a major league baseball player that's old school sports radios that is that's old that is did you how did you trick him to do that which fits you because you're old um (laughs) perhaps i i I basically told him i don't have any good questions i want to let the fans ask you and he said okay he said yeah you're right you don't have any good questions we're gonna let please let me talk to somebody else let the fans do it so start lining up your phone calls now not tweets we're not taking tweets no we're not gonna read anything we're gonna line up when sports radio was just phone calls not these right. tweets and Instagram posts and everything and, else. And, yeah, and uh, Dylan's not going to be in here. You could watch right. us on uh, Twitch, right. twitch.tv backslash ESPN 1000 Chicago. 312-332-3776 is the phone number. Is a great young kid. Remember, he was with the Cubs when they won a World Series. That's he was part in of the, the organization. I'm going to ask him. Okay, good. You've got one. Yeah, I've got one. And then he comes Maybe over to this organization trying to win a World Series. Yep. So it's kind of cool. Him and Eloy are connected in that way. And we'll see what happens. He's established himself as a solid pitcher. I thought he was great the other night. What was the line here? I have it right here. Seven innings, four hits, one run, one walk, seven Ks, one of the leaders in strikeouts in the American League. Lower to ZRA under four. He's looked great. We're going to be right back with Dylan Cease here on the AM 1000, or ESPN 1000. And AM 1000. Yeah, sure. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. 2-2, call strike three. 
throws him on a fastball right down the middle. Great work by Dylan Cease. That might be the best first inning he's had all season ever. Hit, swing and miss on another slider. Ten strikeouts for Dylan Cease tonight. He gets the first two to start the sixth. Kick and the 0-2. Paul third on a curveball. Well, the good news, Cease now has nine strikeouts in the game through five. Every highlight simply is a cease strikeout these days. Third in the American League in strikeouts, just having a great, great season as we welcome White Sox right-hander Dylan Cease to the show. Dylan, good morning. Thanks for jumping on with us. Hey, Dylan. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me. What does that mean to you to be third in the American League in strikeouts? And more important, you're just ahead of Lucas Giolito and a few more ahead (laughs) of Rodon, but he's missed some starts. Is there a friendly strikeout bet among the three of you? Uh, I mean, we don't we don't talk about it too much. I know I've kind of bantered with Carlos a little bit because he says uh, he kind of gives me a hard time and says he's going to catch me even though he's got way less innings and all that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit a little bit of friendly banter. Cool. Uh, so I, I've got to ask you, Dylan. We're seeing the Cubs this weekend. Uh, last night was crazy uh, on the South Side. You had been a part of the Cubs organization. Do you feel that when you play the Cubs, or was it because it was uh, so short that maybe you don't feel that that much? Do you feel connection to the North Side and, and the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, I never made it above um, low A with the Cubs, but right. I mean, the biggest thing is they rehabbed me. So, like, so being my first taste of pro ball, and then you know, going straight from high school to to my first system. Um, I mean, they definitely had a really big impact on me. So uh, I just, I, I, I never really made it. I didn't even do any major league spring trainings or anything with them. So, um, you know, I feel connected to them in that sense, but not, not super connected to them. So, Dylan, the concept of this was we're going to let the fans talk to you. It was sold out last night. Place was crazy. We're going to let them ask you some questions. And you, you were, you know, you agreed to to be nice enough to come on and allow us to do that. So we're going to let them at you right now. Before we do, I want to ask you one about Grandel. Was that performance similar to a pitcher coming off the injured list and throwing a complete game shutout? I mean, that was amazing what he did at the plate yeah. last night. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it was it was you you couldn't have written it any better. I mean, what did he have? Nine RBIs? Eight, That's, eight, eight yeah, only, you know, only eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was something special and he's he's a great guy all right here we go phone lines you ready for this yep all right here we go rudy in sherville you're on with dylan cease go ahead hey good morning dylan um just curious what's your opinion about the potential for an automated strike zone and do you on the day that you pitch along with the pitching coach do you look at pay attention at all to who the plate umpire is and if that's the kind of guy that's going to squeeze strike zone or be pretty liberal with your pitches Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so automated strike zone, um, I, I kind of like the human aspect of it, to be honest. I mean, I, I like how I like how how it can go either way. Um, you know, obviously I want it to be as consistent as possible and, um, you know, especially in big games. I mean, you never want you never want balls and strikes to be a reason a team loses or wins, but um, I, I'm okay with how it is right now. I, I wouldn't 
I, I wouldn't really be pushing for the automated uh, strike zone. Although I feel like I feel like I get hurt more than I get helped with it, but <laughs> I, I don't know for sure. I'd have to check. That's interesting. And do do you are you aware of the home plate umpire statistics, if that's what you call them, before you take the mound? Yes, yes, I am. Interesting. We and have do, a little. Uh, we kind of have like a heat map, pretty much. <laughs> do, do you do you adjust your game plan at all? Not at all. Okay. Not okay. All. So you don't. Go just, that far. You just know you no. have a little bit of a better expectation of how things might go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't really look at it just because I don't feel like. Like you said, I'm not going to make a game plan around it. So, um, you know, for me, it's just kind of extra information that I don't want in my mind. Sure, sure. Let's go to Marissa in Westtown. You're on ESPN 1000. Hi, John. This is Marissa. I was just wondering how you unwind after a game. Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, Yeah, usually. So after a game, it's notorious for starting pitchers. We don't really go to sleep early. It's pretty hard to. Um so for me, I, I usually get back, uh, get something to eat, and then I'll I'll throw on some YouTube or, um, you know, kind of whatever, whatever TV interest I have. But usually it's uh, it's YouTube. So that's that's definitely the biggest thing I do. And you're not watching YouTube baseball videos, right? I assume something else. No, not often, not yeah. often, but every once in a while. Okay, let's go to Elmhurst. Steve, you're on ESPN Thousand with Dylan Cease. Yeah, good morning. Dylan, uh, you know, I'm a big Cubs fan, to be honest with you, but, uh, you know, I was so excited about, uh, you know, you're going to be the the next top-of-the-rotation guy to actually be developed in our system. And uh, when you got traded, it was kind of heartbreaking. But, uh, you know, watching you over the years, it's been uh, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, in spring training, it looked like, oh, is this guy going to make the rotation? Is he not? Uh, and then you earn the spot. And then now you've gone on to have a terrific season, keeps getting better. And uh, you, but you look at next year, and it's like, uh, okay, the playoffs, you're going to get a lot of run. People are going to be paying a lot of attention to you and everything. And next year, you know, there's a good chance Carlos is not back. He's going to be a free agent. And uh, Dallas has kind of slid a bit, little bit. I don't expect you to comment on that. But you are going to be very likely a top-of-the-rotation guy finally. Are you looking forward to that? And is that something that, that you feel like, yeah, I'm ready and I can't wait and I'm going to be, you know, the guy at the top? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to pitch like a top of the rotation guy, you know, which at the, at the end of the day is just executing pitches. So, um, to me, I mean, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter where they slot me, whether it's one through five. It's I'm going to bring the same thing. Um, I'm going to bring the same thing every every game that I can. So, um, you know, I I think of that I'm only getting better, and the the what I'm learning, um, and the end game experience I've I've been able to have the last couple of years. I feel like I'm finally at a point where um, we're kind of putting on like the polishing, um, the finish for what I can be. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I I look forward to hopefully. Um, you know, being being able to consistently be considered a top rotation guy, but like I said, whether it's one through five, it doesn't matter. I'm going to bring the same thing. Let's go to Joey in San Francisco calling in. What's up, Joey? You're on with Dylan Cease. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Dylan. Um, thanks for taking questions. You're kind of crazy for that one, but <laughs> I was just curious. Um, after a, after an outing like that, 
last night for Keiko. I know everyone has bad outings. I'm just curious what the starting rotation guys will typically, you know, do or say in the clubhouse after the game or just to keep spirits high or lift each other up after outings like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the biggest thing is he's, you know, he's been around the game for a decade. I mean, he's, he knows what he has to do. He's, he's a professional, a competitor. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, nobody's worried nobody's panicking we're, we're all just going about our business you know um starts every every season you're going to have a handful of starts that are just don't go the way you want and then you're gonna have a handful that are like everything clicks and your body feels good and you make pitches and, and good things happen so um i think i think fans very much get like stuck on game by game when when in reality it's uh, you know, it's a long season, and and we're not we're not robots. We can't be perfect. So, um, I think uh, just a really big part of pitching in general is being able to let go of bad ones and just kind of objectively figure out what needs to be adjusted and move on to the next one. Um, and you know, I mean, that, there's a reason Dallas is as as highly acclaimed as he is. So, um, you know, it's not it's not something any, anyone's worried about. Hey, going back to just the idea of the fluctuation, Dylan, between starts, you know, good one, bad one, and people wondering, well, he was so good five days ago. What what happened five days later? The best way it was explained to me is, and, and I'm not a great sleeper, so this makes sense to me. Every day you wake up feeling a little different, right? Sometimes you wake up really refreshed. Sometimes you're dead. Like, it's the same thing on the mic. Some days you just feel great and some days you don't and and sometimes it doesn't make sense as to why right just like when you wake up there it doesn't make does that is that a good analogy just like you wake up feeling different every day that's the same same way it feels on the mound yeah i mean there's a lot of different factors into it um but yeah i mean you know like i said we're we're not robots um you know some days our bodies feel different some days you know maybe we have a little less energy just you know it's 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 something that you kind of constantly have to you have to constantly put work to put yourself into um, as as good of a zone as you can. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Final few phone calls for Dylan Cease, White Sox star pitcher. Let's go to Mark in Wilmington. You're on ESPN one thousand. Mark, go ahead. Sir, I'm enjoying the ride. You a uh, great job. You guys all always a great job. My question is, um, I'm kind of worried about Tony Larusa, and I'm just wondering, um, can I come with you guys? throughout the playoffs in the World Series, and two, flexibility. How would you like to pitch maybe middle relief or um, late innings um, in some occasions, you know, with the White Sox or other pitchers? Um, maybe stars, you know, per, you know, what's the flexibility of the White Sox? Thank you very much. Not quite sure where he's going with that. You mean, you know, put down the beer before noon is my answer to that, Dylan. <laughs> Because I don't think you're going to be pitching middle relief in the playoffs, so I'm not sure. What, unless did you, you have something Mark, to tell did you us. Find the question, did you find a question no, in there? No, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what uh, that was, but I'll jump in real quick. And I've got a question. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. do it instead. I've got one for Dylan. Dylan, um, are, are you chasing Dallas in the beer department? No, I mean... Uh, Again, be, are you putting out a Keiko? That would be... Uh, I don't even know if I can grow mine anywhere near. <laughs> but... That would be awesome. But every time we see you, it's like, okay, that's uh, that's he's getting that thing together. Oh, yeah, I'm letting it eat. I'm definitely letting it eat. But <laughs> the odds it gets to that point are very slim. 
I've been around baseball a long time, Dylan. What is with the recent beard surge? I'd say since you were became a pro in the last five, six years, what, 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 everyone's got a beard, a long beard. What is up with that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, a trend. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Beards are a good time. <laughs> Let's go to Owen and Willenbrook. You're on ESPN you 1000. You one, Jesse. Yeah, I, I, if I could grow one. Go ahead, Owen. Hi, Dylan. Um, just an observation and a quick question. Um, it really seems like you're doing great pitching up in the strike zone this year with both your fastball and your breaking pitch. And I'm just wondering, is that a decision, you know, maybe – more you? Is it a philosophy by you? Or I know you've changed pitching coaches. And is there a difference between Cooper and Katz? Um, it's well, my fastball. So I get I get good like spin and ride on my fastball, and that tends to be harder to hit up in the zone. And then another thing is um, my off speed plays off of that well. So like when I throw my curveball, if if you watch where it looks like it's it's going to be out of my hand. It looks like it's going to be way, you know, at the catcher's or at the uh, the hitter's eyes. So um, those pitches tunnel really well together. Um, and then, I mean, another thing is just, uh, you know, that tends to be, um, you know, where I throw them. It, it, so it's not necessarily like I'm not going in going, okay, I'm, I'm going to spot most of my fastballs top of the zone. It's, it's you know, we're going to go in and out and then um, – you know, mix off speed in for strikes, but yeah, a lot of the times they tend to be up there. But you know, I, I don't mind it at all. Let's go to Jeff in Antioch as we start to wrap up here with Dylan Cease. Go ahead, Jeff. Um, I say this with the utmost respect. Um, I look at your game like Garrett Coles, um, and I, I I just see a lot of similarities. And I was just wondering, are there any pitchers that you look up to or pat yourself at after or? You know, I, I just wanted to see who your idols are. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Garrett Cole's, you know, he's about as good as they come. So, um, you know, that's somebody who's, uh, you know, when he's pitching, um, if I get a chance to watch, I, I definitely like to watch. Um, I, honestly, just watching uh, the other guys on our staff this year has been has been really fun and enjoyable. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of drawn more to uh, watching power guys because um, I, I consider myself a, more of a power pitcher. So, um, you know, that's that's the, the type of guy that I uh, end up enjoying. Is, is Lance Lynn the greatest thing that happened to the White Sox in the last yeah. 12 months? I mean, yeah. that guy is just entertainment personified, isn't he? Oh, yeah. And, and it's it's everything about the way he does it too. Right. It's just, it's, he's not trying to really trick you. He's just, Hey, I'm going to throw something hard and you're probably going to swing and miss. And if you do hit it, it's probably not going to be hard. And, or it's going to be fouled off. It's, it's like going to be fouled yeah, he's off. He's just a bulldog. You know? he, he never exactly. lets you, you, he never lets you square him up. You think you're going to, it, it's so fun to watch him pitch because of that. Cause he's not throwing seven different pitches and, and he's just changing speeds on his fastball and location. It's yep. so cool. Yep, it, it's truly like I mean it's 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 like he's really ma- he's just mastered pitching. I mean I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. You know, yep. he, he like you said, in and out, up down, change of speeds, and then you know I mean he it's it's it really is fun to watch. Let's um, go. And then he also just brings that he brings that um, 
just that demeanor, you know, like he brings that bulldog demeanor. Yeah. Yeah, that old. It's school, fun to watch. Old, He's got to be fun in the clubhouse. That, too. Yeah, that, that oh, yeah. is he. Is he all old school in the clubhouse too? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. For me, I didn't really, I didn't experience much of the old school, so I don't, I don't necessarily, um, you know know exactly what that was like sure, but sure i um, mean he's he's great in the clubhouse no nonsense is the way i f- i figure him let's oh yeah, yeah. let's yeah, go I to mean, yeah go ahead yeah. no i was gonna say yeah i mean he's, he's no nonsense yeah yep tony and wooddale you're on espn 1000 last up here with dylan hey uh john i got a question regarding uh your potential disc golf career I saw you play with five-time world champion Paul McBeth, so I want to know how that experience was, and potentially after your baseball career, could we see you maybe in disc golf? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, so. I did a I did the pro am disc golf pro am uh, this All Star break, um, and got to play with with a bunch of the world's top players. Um, yeah, I mean, disc golf's my favorite hobby by far, so. Um, I'm actually thinking about dropping a, like a little disc golf YouTube channel this off season. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see if that pans out, but All right. we'll, uh, we'll be on the uh, watch out. For yeah. That. We'll be watching yeah. that as we wind down our evening, just like you do after, after a game. Dylan, we can't thank you enough yeah, for doing we appreciate this. this. I know the fans appreciate it as well. They ask better questions than we do anyway. I'm sure you agree with most that. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> ha- have a great weekend uh, with the Cubs and Sox. It was so much fun last night. See you on the mound tomorrow night. Yeah, and good luck tomorrow. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it, guys. Okay. You got it. Talk to you soon. Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. Let, let me give you his numbers real quick. 10-6 and six with a 392 ERA, third in the league in strikeouts, and you know, he, one of the callers asked about his progression, and it's so interesting. Theo Epstein used to say, you know, pro- progression for baseball players isn't linear, meaning you can't always predict it. You go forward, then backwards, then forwards. Then back. But him, he's been kind of steadily on that path. Right. Maybe he'll have a step back because we don't have a crystal ball. But I kind of like the idea of him as a fifth, as a fourth, as a second, as a Whatever, and uh, you know he's certainly going to get playoff experience at this the year. beginning of the season. You you know it was really fun to watch. In that uh, Steve Stone would say, "Okay, he's really on it. No, he's falling off the mound. He's going to make the adjustment. There's the adjustment, and you actually saw the progress." It's going to be real interesting how they set up their rotation. Remember, it's best of five and then best of seven. Yep. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. The guy starting tonight, Lance Lynn, gets game one. Yep. That, that's your bull. I would. I would think so. After that. I think it starts to get interesting. It does. I mean, certainly Rodon has proven enough, but he's just coming back from injury. Let's see how. I mean, the final month, it, it's all about that final month. It really is. Who looks the best as you head into it? Because anybody can have good five and then bad, and then all of a sudden, good five months and then bad, right. and then all of a sudden, your your view of him changes. Yep. So and as that, is that one month that you wish would be lopped off early. Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Wrapping up on ESPN 1000. Coming up, uh, Xander and Jesse Rogers here for another few, another few minutes. Stay tuned on ESPN. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000.
Cease seems like a really good kid. Yeah, you he, know? Yeah, he really does. Good head on his shoulders, yep. good arm, yep. that's for sure. Yeah, making those improvements all year long. It's been nice. It's It's been very obvious and yeah. and uh, really cool to see that pro- progression throughout the season. I was really interested to see how he would do on the road against a team like the Blue Jays. Didn't see him last year. You know, he didn't see them last year. They didn't see him, of course. Um, it's this incredible lineup with Guerrero and everything, and he was fantastic. Yeah. He was fantastic. Well, like Lance Lynn said, his stuff is the dirtiest on yeah. the staff. I remember when the Cubs drafted him and, and, and uh, you know, they had to rehab him and um, they thought he'd be really good. I don't know if he was the throw-in to the Quintana trade, but wow. <laughs> that, well, that's a hell of a throw-in. That's a hell of a throw-in. Now, now that we know what we know. You know, I tried to defend that trade at the time. I understood what the Cubs were doing. Well, it's, were in, it's a moment it. of they time, right? Quintana. It's in the context of what was happening at that moment. But, man, Eloy was a was a kind of a sure-thing prospect. And then to throw in Dylan, as bad as James Shields for Tatis was, this is just as good. On Rick yes. Han, and Rick you Han's win, resume. You, you win some, you lose some. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Fred's going to be back next week with you, yeah. Xander, I assume. I, okay. I think so. Unless we uh, just boot him and I slide right in. We, <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah. Thanks to Tyler for producing. Yeah, thanks, really Tyler. appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for listening. Good to hang with you, pal. You too. Enjoy Cubs, Sox, and Bears tonight. You got a couple TVs yeah. going for you. I'm going to have to. A couple brewskis yeah. for you. Oh, more than a couple. A little rock and roll for sure, you. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, talk to you later. White Sox Weekly coming up in a couple hours. This is ESPN 1000.